Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Stav. It's Griff. And it's Will. And today we got NBA talk, MLB talk, NFL talk, and we have our AFC and NFC East predictions, and we're going to wrap it up with IT5 Top 5 Best NFL Games, excluding the Super Bowl. What do you guys say? Let's go. Let's do it. Alright guys, welcome back to Inside the Five. We're going to get things started with some NBA news today. I know it's kind of been released a few weeks ago how Kevin Durant and the Celtics, that, there was some talk there, but talks kind of resurfaced recently. Uh, Shams one on the Pat McAfee show and was saying that KD added the Celtics to his preferred destination list along with the 76ers. However, the Celtics are probably betting favorites to land KD. So, we know this as of now. KD said he wanted to play with Marcus Smart, and the Nets wanted Marcus Smart in a um, possible trade package for Kevin Durant to the Celtics. So it seems as if the Celtics are doing exactly what they did with KG back in the day. I don't know if you guys know this, but when KG requested the trade to from Minnesota, the Celtics weren't on his original preferred destination list. It just happened that way where the Celtics came in towards the end, the Timberwolves got desperate and made a trade that the Celtics clearly won. So I wonder if the Celtics are kind of doing that same thing right now with KD where they're waiting. They're, they know that the Nets have to trade them. And the Celtics are sitting right now. It's like, we can win without KD. So we're going to wait until a package that suits us arrives. I, I think that this is very possible. And I really wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics got KD without giving up Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I mean, you're very right, and obviously I'll throw in another name. They're not giving up Jason Tatum because I mean exactly. that's I mean, but that's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. And and you were right when you said they're probably the betting favorite. I have the numbers up right here. They are the betting favorite as of I think this was yesterday, or yeah, as of yesterday, August ninth, at minus one seventy five. Now, a big reason that this is um, the number is just the fact that we have the pieces to give up to obtain KD even without giving out Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Now, a big thing that happened was the fact that he said he wanted to play with Marcus Smart. Yes. Which is big, because I feel like if we were to get KD, the best route for us would be letting go of Marcus Smart. Now, I don't know if you guys agree, but I feel like the package that would be centered around Smart would be the best for fans. Now, I don't know if it would be the best for our wins and losses total, as well as the championship hope. But when it comes to, I mean, giving up players on the Boston Celtics, you're going to have to give up starters if you want Kevin Durant. And our other starters, other than the untouchables right now, are Smart, 
I guess you could throw Horford in there, but like I don't really know who's going to be a four at the moment, unless yeah. we go small ball with JT at the four and we put Brogdon in there. But, I mean, Horford and Rob Will. Now, I think if we get KD, Rob Will is out, which I would be heartbroken over. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree, because the Nets still have DeAndre Jordan, right? They still have Claxton. Yes. They still have a lot of centers on that roster where Rob Williams probably isn't their main focus in bringing him in, although he is more... He would be the best center he, on that. Yes, he would be. However, it's pro- probably not a position of need. They're looking exactly. for... That's true. When you get rid of Kevin Durant, you need to bring in scoring. Mm-hmm. So, hypothetically, they're probably thinking, if I'm going to get some guards, I'll get Pritchard, Derek White, some like a defensive-minded point guard in Derek White, and someone who can shoot like Peyton Pritchard. And you still have Ben Simmons on that team. There's still routes that they can go. But there's not... Realistically, if the Celtics are going to get Kevin Durant, I think Jalen Brown would have to be a part of that trade package. I don't yes. want that to happen, yeah. but that's kind of the route that I think the Nets are holding off on because I don't think the Celtics are playing playing ball with Jalen Brown necessarily. However, there was a report today that they the Boston Globe reported that the Celtics were keeping Jalen Brown notified of what's going on. But even though they said that there was nothing going on, so there has to be some talks there. And I bet that the Celtics are trying to trade literally anyone besides Jalen Brown and Jason Tate. Yeah, I mean, for yeah, sure. Which makes sense. Like, I mean, one, I also think that Smart would probably end up going just, at, like, for log- for logical reasons. Like, you have to give up someone who's also worth his contract to in order for the money to work out. So he's probably a decent piece that's probably going to go to that. But I also feel like Kevin Durant might not be the only thing we receive in return. Like, I mean, I feel, like we're gonna, I feel like we're going to get a couple, like, Bomb players probably I just have Simmons too for to like work <laughs> out, but like yeah. I don't know. It's it's like it's such a touchy area because we don't want to get rid of Tatum and Brown. We also don't need to get KD, but we would like to have KD. I mean, who, who wouldn't? wouldn't? Exactly, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like you, it's just there's such a fine line that they're playing on, and I feel like the more they keep teetering on that line, the more and more Jalen Brown just gonna be like, all right, just send him there. Well, he, I like if, if if it's going that way and they keep throwing his name out there, he's gonna get like. Like, imagine going to the team that every single time that there's news on KD that your name is in there, and then you have to go play 82 games for that team. Like, they, it makes it seem that you're not wanted. So, I have a question for you that this um, – you can answer this, like, or you can just choose not to. Would you rather win a championship with Jalen Brown on your team or Kevin Durant? What would feel better? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. So – what do you think this current roster? If you sub in KD for Jalen Brown, do you think that is a better team? It, it's such a touchy subject because, like, for two years, yes, yes, you know exactly what you're getting from KD. Where we saw what Jalen Brown did in the postseason, which I believe was amazing, but a lot of people in Boston really thought that like his dribbling was so bad that it was losing his games, which I never agreed with. But to delusional Boston fans, which there are some, there's delusional fans in every fan base, and sometimes we are delusional, like let's be real. Kevin Durant on paper, when you just see that name, you just automatically think, like, oh, that's Kevin Durant, like you guys are competing for finals. Where we have a team right now where we look at one through five, and, I mean, four of those five spots are solidified, bona fide starters. Like, very, very high-quality starters. Two of them, potentially three of them, 
I could even argue that all four of them could be all-stars. Not maybe this year, but at some point down the road with Rob Will, if he can pan out, Marcus Smart was just a deploy, um, and then JB and JT. Now, I'm really just trying to find the fourth spot, or the fifth spot. I mean, I feel like if we just made another small move that gave up a couple of bench pieces, a few picks, and we really went out there and got a solid four, and we kept that big lineup, you know, we cut that big lineup that switches on everything, that just plays defense, hustles, I would be a lot happier than all this talk about getting KD. Because it, it's kind of just too big at this point. It's a blockbuster. I have a counter question to that one. Would you rather lose another finals with this team that we have right now or lose a finals with KD? Oh, lose it with the team we have right now. Yeah. I would be pissed. That's what I'm saying. Because, like, well, hypothetically, like, I would think if we got KD, we're going to win the finals. And if we lose, like, that's such a disappointment. And now we don't have Jalen Brown. Yeah, that's true. It's just such a... It's like, a, obviously, it's like an if, like, situation, but, like... And the fact that we're all big Jalen Brown guys makes it a little bit more difficult to really, like, kind of look at the business side of it because I feel like we do this all the time. When we're talking about other teams, I feel like it's so much easier to talk trades. Yeah. But when yeah. we're talking about Jalen Brown being traded, when we're talking about potentially Marcus Smart and Rob Will, now I know, remember, halfway through last season... Marcus Smart, I mean, could have been good in, gone. in China and we wouldn't yeah. have cared at all. But he is Marcus Smart. So a little piece of your heart will be broken whenever Marcus Smart slash if Marcus Smart were to leave. All right. And the last question I want to sit and talk about the NBA. This is kind of along the lines about my first one. Do Celtics fans or Boston fans in general overrate Marcus Smart's ability on the basketball court? Yes. Do they overrate it? Yes. Okay. I think they play him up very much so, and then that I think causes... he plays himself up. Well, that too. But I feel like the fans are like, "Oh my god, we have Marcus Smart. Like we're like defensive player. Like he can do his thing." And then as soon as he messes up, it's like he sucks. He's the worst like, player. Like, they, like we like like I mean, we've all been there too. Like oh, we do it all the time. We do it all the time. Like I'm not like just outing everyone like but myself. Like I've done it too. But, like, it's, like, it, I feel like it's true. Like, I feel like every single time, like, okay, on paper, Marcus Smart, like, wow, that's awesome. And then he goes out 0 for 5 to start the game from 3, and we're like, yeah. why is he on our team? Okay, hot take. Marcus Smart winning Depoy is a bad thing for the future of his career and the Boston Celtics. Because the fact that we've been waiting for him to get it, you know, I mean, we've been for years saying every single year he should be defensive first team, he gets snubbed, all this. Remember the first year they got all defensive first team, and he was like, wow, like this guy's elite? Mm-hmm. Right? Now yeah. he wins deploy. Now he's like top defender in the in league. In a year, it was like, okay, they can't just give it to Rudy Gobert again. Deploy is such a weird award. In my opinion, it's the worst award in basketball just because, like, defense can be played at a high level by almost any person that plays in the NBA. Not every single one, like, you, I can't say Peyton Pritchard can do what Marcus Smart does, but if you train playing defense just as hard as you train playing offense, like you guys remember playing basketball growing up, you'd go shoot around. You wouldn't go do defensive drills. Like, people can do this. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of people in this league that play defense, but the offense is just so good that no matter what, there's going to be nights where you give up 25. There's going to be nights where you give up 30 when you're playing these great players that it's such a watered-down subject that a lot of centers get it. So when a guard gets it, like we, we've talked about since Gary Payton got it, I mean, Mark Smart was the first one since, 
it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal because we don't see it. But Rudy it's Gobert, like, how, Rudy Gobert's gotten it the past two years, and everybody's like, yeah, let's trade Rudy Gobert. He's not even that good. Yeah, so it's... I kind of want to end on this little subject here. I think KD gets dealt before the NBA season. I think he gets dealt in this upcoming month. Okay. I think he's going to join training camp with whatever team and have preseason with that team, whether it be the Celtics or whoever. And I think that talks are really going to ramp up over the next month. I yeah, think that we are going to hear a lot of stuff. We're going to hear a lot of names surface. We're going to hear a lot of teams joining in. So I, it's good. The NBA season, the NBA offseason is more interesting than the NBA season itself. So, all right, let's move on to the MLB. The Sox still stink. They lost the series against the Royals. They got swept by the Braves tonight. Two, game. two, games. two games against the Royals or against Braves. the Braves. Four game series against the Royals. It's really not even worth talking about this team right now. They're a last place team, and the only thing worth talking about is how Chris Sale fell off his bike. He fell off his bike. I don't think he did. You don't think he did? What do you think happened? All right. So let me ask you a question. How? He's Ty Bloom went in that conference or press conference yesterday and said that he was going downhill on a bike, fell, hit something, and fell. If you're going downhill on a bike and you hit something, you're most likely going to go over the handlebars. You go over the How the hell do you only break your wrist in that situation? Now, let's look at Fernando Tatis, who had his face messed up when he fell off his bike. No, 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 no. One was a motorcycle, one was a bicycle. Okay, so, but like, I'm just saying, are we really, it's either two, one of two things. Chris Hill probably got frustrated and punched a hole through the wall and broke his wrist. Or two, he actually did fall over the bike and he broke his hip and his wrist. Or, and, well, because and messed up his face. There were two reports. One was ribs and, and wrist. And Jefferson tweeted out that it was his wrist, but then I also saw that there was it was his ribs. So I have no idea. Like it doesn't make sense. I think that the ribs report might have been con- getting it confused with off season stuff, but um, I think it is his wrist, and I think there probably is more because Heinblum in the press conference kept alluding back to the fact that he broke his wrist, had successful surgery, but he's pretty banged up. So like maybe there is more to it, and I'm just overthinking. Like, I'm trying to read between the lines. I'm just saying, didn't the story only come out because he had successful surgery? Yeah. So, like, how nothing else was 2022. No one saw it. Allegedly, this accident happens on Sunday, right? And we don't find out until Tuesday. Post-surgery. Post. There's nothing leaked about that. I I just find it hard to believe, and especially with Chris Hill's track history here, I think that there's more to be said about what actually is happening. There definitely is. There, there has to be. I mean, I feel like everything. I feel like with the Red Sox, I've, or even just like in Boston in general, I feel like all of our like random injuries are very like hush hush. Like yeah. no one really says anything. But like any other team, it's like, oh yeah, he like. There's like a little video evidence of him like like someone falling. This is like what happens like when we're playing 2K My League and just like a random tweet report comes out that like. Says someone's gonna be out six to eight weeks because they like slipped in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> or like when Rajon Rondo tore his like ACL at his uh, at his daughter's birthday party. Yeah, like it's embarrassing. It's it, it's very embarrassing, and he's a fragile guy. And like just in terms of height and weight, and everybody talks about how he's 
so tall, so skinny. He's due to get hurt, but he's so dominant. He's so dominant, and it's like we're just waiting for this guy to come back. And, and not only are we waiting for this guy to come back, I was I was watching the Red Sox today. There's 13 guys on this list that are currently out, yeah. not playing baseball right now at all. And Kike just had a rehab start in Portland today where I think he played five innings before getting pinch hit. He played center field. And the report was he's due to play like two or three more games. Could that be two or three more days, or is he going to space it out? Like, I, I really can't tell. But Kike's a guy we're missing. Chris Sale's obviously a guy that we're uh, missing a lot. And, 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 I mean, there's a lot more on that list. Michael Walker, who made a rehab start in Worcester two weeks ago at this point, and threw four and two-thirds perfect. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a week ago. Was it a week ago? Because it was the day after. I was working. It was the day after my the company outing. Okay. So it was less than a week ago. It was Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, yeah. he threw four and two-thirds in a joint conjoint no-hitter. Yeah. And where is he? He was supposed to start, or he's supposed to be lined in to start, but now I'm hearing that he might get scratched, and he might go back down to port. So like, I don't know what's happening with these people. Is our team doctor trash? We are missing so many people. And, and I mean, like, Ref Snyder's a small name, but he's someone that was in there, I mean, almost every day at one point. He was point. playing well for us. And, uh, was on yeah, yeah, he's on the 10-day, but he's been on there for, like, 20 days. And, I mean, Story, who's also on the 10-day. When's the last time we've seen him before play? Before July 4th. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Or, no, yeah. before the All-Star break. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. And, um, I mean, Story's a guy that we signed for big money. There's just a lot of names on this list that, I mean, we could go on and on and go through all of them. Eric Hosmer, who, who, who just got banged up, He'll, he should be back tomorrow. Probably for the Yankees series, the latest. Yeah, which, by the way, speaking of series, it's so weird that we're playing the Baltimore Orioles for one game. That, that, could, games that the could be Yankees. the first ALE series that the Red Sox win, that one game. Series. We just need to win a game. Yeah, I think that they, they're going to do it, too. Just, I think it, just because that's going to be the only ALE series that they win all year, it's going to be that one game series. The Speaking of the Orioles, if after All Star break, if like hypothetically, like the season, uh, record, yeah. season start after the All Star break, the Orioles are in first place by, by, by like by like a lot. The Yankees stick. Like, the they, Yankees have, they have like ten games ahead of I think the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees. The Yankees since July first, I think, or something like that, have a worse record than the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. We're not really ones to talk. We're just we're sports animals. Like we, we analyze the sport, and I'm just saying. The Red Sox suck too. Yeah, like the Red Sox suck. Oh, yeah. They probably they have a way worse record than the Kansas City. And the favorite the favorite thing to say in the Bronx right now is we have 70 wins though. It's like yeah, but you're like 0 and 7 in your last set. And you're not the fact games, right? that the you're Mets slump. you're in a slump. The Mets overtook the Yankees in the wins right now. The Yankees were on pace to break the record for wins, and they are slumping. Yes, bad. Which like honestly like. Hypothetically, oh, we every single year the Yankees slump. We were ready. Like, for we all, we yeah. were ready for the slump. What are we like this, but this year, like I know they probably feel this every single year. Like, oh, this is our year. But like this year, for some reason, actually felt like this. No, was, it should be. Like it should be statistically, but they're slumping bad. Well, all right. If I'm being honest, I don't think so. But you, what do you have? Judge Stanton, Rizzo. Stanton's not even playing. He's been hurt for like Donald. Three, yeah, I know. Two I'm weeks. just saying, like Donald Donaldson. Donaldson. That, that rest yeah. of that lineup again. Let me you. You have five hitters, the rest of the lineup I'm not worried about, to be honest. I hate 
not even dislike, not even like borderline hate. I hate Isaiah Kiner. He sucks. Yeah, he's so bad. They signed him. He was like, oh my god, he's gonna be like one of the best shortstops in the league. No, he sucks. Just because he's wearing pinstripes doesn't mean he's gonna be one of the best shortstops in the league. He stinks. Yeah. And you know what? I know he's batting whenever he's batting. I think yeah, two sixty five. That's all right. I don't care. He stinks, and I hate. I mean, they got Ben Attendee, who stinks as a Yankee. Oh my god, he's awful as a Yankee. And Matt Carpenter. Uh, Matt Carpenter's pretty good. I actually like Matt Carpenter. I have nothing against him. He fractured his foot. Yeah, but he's hurt now. Exactly. So who knows how he's going to bounce back from that. All right, next teams I wanted to talk about, the Padres and the Dodgers. The Dodgers prove that they still are the alphas in the NL West, but it's not room for the Padres to panic. I think that there's still still growing pains here. They really kind of revamped their entire roster, and Fernando Tatis is due to come back very soon. He's making his rehab starts already. Actually had a very good rehab start. So... They had him running around in the outfield, I think. So, I, I love what the Padres are like. They're they're looking up. Like the, the trajectory is still up. The Dodgers are still obviously on. They're still just going to get better. You know, they need gel time. Yeah, and the Padres have time to gel. The Dodgers are already gelling, and they're great and they're awesome to watch. So, those are two teams I really want to see what happens kind of in the rest of the NL West race, and then. We'll go on the opposite side of the country in the NL East. We got the Mets and the Braves. The Mets dominated the Braves in that series. They took four out of five. Edwin Diaz closed out three okay, of those okay, games. Okay, okay. Edwin Diaz is awesome. There hasn't been anything like this since Enter Sandman, since oh, shipping out to Boston. This is electric. And I know the video went around, but just straight up, Edwin Diaz, strictly because of that. Walkout is one of the best closers in the league. Yeah. That is the only reason why he's one of the best closers in the league. If you walk out to that and you have all the drunk old white Mets fans going, yeah, and then the horn starts going, the trumpet starts yeah, going, and and just all fat Mets fans yeah, it's and, like the the and you got the baseball. He's doing it. He's top of the nine. It's one two three every time. But the thing with Edwin Diaz is he's good for six out saves. We've yes. seen it plenty of times. Yes. Buck Showalter is not afraid to put him in that situation. We've seen it on the Yankees series, mm-hmm. and we saw it plenty of times in the Braves series. When Buck Showalter's like, all right, it's a one-run game. It's the eighth inning. You're going in, Edward. We need you here. And he does and it. And he, he does strikes it. out six. Yeah, he'll strike out six. And, and he, like, is a contact hitter, but or a contact pitcher in terms of he knows that he has a good defense behind him. He just doesn't care. Like, he'll still yeah. just strike everybody out, but he, there, there's a difference. There's a lot of pitchers that are contact pitchers, and there's a lot of pitchers that are there to get Ks, and he's a rare combination of yeah. that does both, and that's where the true elite guys really fit in, where they know that in certain situations, you have to give up um, some contact, or in certain situations, you're just on straight attack mode, and yeah. he's a dog. I love both. I love the NL East, to be honest. Like, I love the Mets. I love the NL East. I think the Mets are sick. The Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies. Awesome. The Marlins are cool, too. Oh, I love the like, They're not that good, but they're, they're yeah, fun. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, like, they're excited. Good. The three they're, that I like the, the They're hitting up. If they're, they get some good bats, that team's going to be legit. Yeah. Um, the one thing I actually wanted, like, looking forward to is Dodgers-Mets play 30, August 30th, 31st, and September 1st. That's going to be one, probably one of the biggest series that we yeah. see. That, oh, that's yeah. that's going to be probably a possible NLCS matchup. And what do we think about a sub? I mean, we really just did shit on the Yankees for about like five minutes. But 
a Subway World Series, a Subway Series World Series ending in a Mets World Series would be the greatest thing ever. Okay, but as three people that are recording this in Massachusetts, it has to be the Mets. Yeah, it absolutely has to be the Mets. It has to be. I think that's. I, I you guys. I just, really think the Mets are going to win the World yeah, Series. I do too. I have the Mets. I have the Mets. I'll, I'll come out and show you right now. I have the Mets winning the World Series. I all right, and it's all because of Daniel Vogelback. He's it's electric. not, but it is. But it is. He's, He's gonna hit like a walk-off. Okay, did you guys see that on International Women's Day, uh, the Mets made all of their players uh, do a walk-up song that was by a female? I did not did, see that. Oh, okay, okay. This is a good story. All of the Mets players, whoever Mets lead up, I forgot who it is, but it was like Who Runs the World by uh, yeah. Beyonce. That was like one of those songs I remember. But Vogelback was batting like six or seven, and his walk-up song was. My milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> it was International Women's Day. Everybody has a song. Just the, the rule was it has to be made sung by a woman. Okay. And that's the one that he picked. That's awesome. International Women's Day. And, I mean, the Mets had the best one-two punch in baseball. You got Jacob DeGrom, who's probably the best pitcher of our generation. And then Max Scherzer, who's a, one of the best pitchers of all time. Okay, he was, you know, they only have to win four games, and they pitch four games in a seven-game series. Yeah. They just have to win the games that they pitch. And, and I mean... You can't say Chris Bassett isn't good. And I trust Carrasco, Tyler Walker. Walker he, like he's probably the worst out of those five. Yeah, and he's, he's still, still pretty good. Maybe Carrasco. He's like like Tyler Walker I could be I don't know, like I think, number two on like a lot of teams. I, I yeah, mean, I would like he'd be the guy on the Red Sox where I would joke and be like, oh, he's our number one. Yes, that would be like he would low key be our number one high key right now. And he wears right number ninety nine. Yeah. Like that's sick. So he's a pitcher. I I mean part time goalie. Yeah. I do think that the Mets... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service card appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan Visit BlackHillsEnergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Let's have what it takes. It's just if they can withstand this run. Like they yeah, have a whole they, they like, need to keep going. It's all up to them. They control their own destiny. This is Adam Adovino's year. Yeah, he's this one's for the big guy. Trevor May. They got a good team. Trevor May. They got a lot of names. They got a lot of dudes. Seth Lugo. They got a lot of dudes. Uh, I'm just saying it. The best Yes. <laughs> they have the rookie kid. They, have, they had a couple of rookie pitchers early on in the season. They're still on the IL that are really good. Yeah. I forgot what his name was. I had him in fantasy for a while. All right. So I think that's going to wrap up MLB talk. Fair. And we'll switch gears into the best sport of all time. We're going to the NFL talk. Mm. So uh, t- or yesterday, mm. our update on uh, Mr. Deshaun Watson is the NFL is appealing that suspension. I don't know if we... Yeah, that I think we did. You know, I don't think we did on the podcast, but I think we said that they will. Yes. So the NFL ended up appealing the suspension, and Roger Goodell called Deshaun Watson's actions those of a predator, 
or something along those lines. Don't quote me on that. And it really brings up the question, will he play a snap of football all year? And I, to, at this point, the, how hard the NFL is pushing to suspend him longer, I don't think so. I am almost certain that he won't. I'm almost certain that he won't. It just really doesn't make sense. The fact that here's what the NFL doesn't want. They don't want negative publicity because, I mean, there's a term that people say all publicity is good publicity. When you're the biggest sport in America, yeah. that's not true. That that rule completely gets knocked out to the side. If Deshaun Watson is in news for something negative, and he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and he comes out there week seven and he's firing, the Browns go to the playoffs, that is the worst thing that could possibly happen to Roger Goodell. Yeah. And, and the suspensions that we've seen in the past being compared to this makes it even worse. And just the fact that everybody is bringing up the comparisons between all these suspensions that, I mean, I, I, like I, I'm keen to listing off names and stuff like that, so I'm not going to do it. You guys already know all the names that people have gotten a year for gambling, you know. It, 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 I mean, Josh Gordon smoked weed and was out for three years. Like, I mean, I, I can't see him playing this year. It just really doesn't make sense with all the negative feedback that they've heard from this. Roger Goodell is so scared to be looked at as a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, he already is. Because 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 no matter what, he's going to yeah. be a, looked up as a bad guy. He, so this, he will never hear the end of this. This will help his case a lot as a commissioner yeah. if he handles this correctly. I, and you know what? That's coming from a Patriots fan who hates Roger Goodell. If he handles this correctly, I think a lot of light will be shot. Like, good publicity will be shined on Roger Goodell. Yeah. Because Deshaun Watson is the highest paid player in NFL history right now. He signed the biggest contract, and Roger Goodell is like, I don't care who you are, you are still going to get, like, a, what you, what you what deserve, you deserve yeah. essentially. Yeah. Because you always hear about guys who have, like, the past. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they have a golden ticket where they can do whatever they want. And if Roger Goodell kind of lays down the hammer here and it's like, I don't care if you're the highest paid player in NFL history, you're still going to get suspended, that could honestly, like, help a lot in the future yeah. of guys who are trying to do certain things or what, whatever they're put in situations, they might think I can't risk because of who I am. You know what I mean? So exactly. I'm not saying like use him as an example because he get whatever he's going to get, he probably will deserve. Well, so there's no chance that he plays this season at all. I've not, like there's no chance, but I also like a lot of like, not just this case in general, but a lot of the cases like with any sort of suspension in the NFL, I feel like they also kind of they don't get like dragged longer, but they kind of tend to go longer than like Be, because the process it's a big deal. So because it's a big deal, the process takes a long, a long time. I want to say I wouldn't be surprised if by chance that it tails into next season. An indefinite suspension going into next season is super reasonable. Yeah, yeah I really think it I, is. I agree with that. I think that we could see a year and a half. I think we could see two years. That's what I was saying. I, I, think, like, I, I, I think, think this could be, be one of the biggest yeah. suspensions we see. Right. I think it could be 2024 and Deshaun Lawson's just suiting up for the Cleveland Browns and I mean, it's not a waste of money because they won't be paying him and he's going to have to pay a massive fine. I mean, this is just it's such a big deal in the way that it was handled originally. It's awful. I feel like it was awful because they just wanted him to play Six games is like that's not even half the season. That's not even close to half the season. That's almost a quarter. Like that's so much time for the Browns to still be successful, for Deshaun Watson to sell a bunch of jerseys because the Cleveland Browns are going to the playoffs, which never happens. Right? I mean, they've been pretty decent the past couple of years. We we've seen Baker is gone. 
and, and Cleveland, as bad as they are, their attendance numbers are out of the roof. I, I saw something online the other day. They were top three in attendance home slash away, numbers-wise. Wow. Like they, yeah. It, I mean, the Pats were up there, too. The Seahawks surprisingly were not up there because, you know, Drew Locke's our quarterback now. So even though that doesn't count for what happened, the Seahawks are a dumpster fire. But, yeah, I mean, the Cleveland Browns are such a storied franchise, and as bad as they've been, you know, throughout the past 20 years, throughout our lifetime, like, this is one of the original teams. Yeah. And, and, and having a quarterback of this stature, we all remember what he was like in Houston. I mean, they were, I mean, this close to going to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, and it was all on him. It was all him. Not all on him in terms of losing. It was all on him. He carried that team. And D-Hop was obviously good. They had J.J. Watt on the other side. Deshaun Watson was a dog. Yeah. And he still is. And, and, and people are going to want to see him. He just doesn't deserve to play right. All right, let's 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 switch gears a little bit. Talk about training camp. Yes. Um, best. Okay. May I say, just since you said training camp, my favorite time of the year for social media. Yes. I love going on Instagram. I love going on Twitter because you're scrolling and you're just seeing clips of full pad, full contact, and you're seeing rookies ball out. You're seeing guys that you've never heard of make crazy plays on number one draft picks on first rounders on pro bowlers and it's like who is this guy are we going to see this guy and it's not just for fantasy it's just the fact that i'm getting ready for seven hours of commercial free football and i'm these are i'm looking at names right now so i remember these names um, you know who isn't scrolling on twitter and looking at highlights trayvon Dix because he keeps getting torched oh and he had to God. deactivate his he twitter had to deactivate which I mean, is such a bad look those clips are so embarrassing so, yeah. like i know he's an every day reception guy was every day but like he was getting torched by literally every single wide receiver in that wide receiver room yeah so that I just kind of want to throw that See, he just ran right past him. Didn't he make a move or anything? Just ran right past Because he is kind of slow. The thing is, he's he's very smart. Ball so ball. it's like, in real game situations, you're right. But when you get him on a one-on-one drill, when you get most people on a one-on-one drill, you're going to see them fail. Yeah. Because, I mean, the wide receiver has the advantage. The wide receiver knows what, you're do- knows what they're doing. The quarterback doesn't know what they're doing. It's as simple as that. But it is quite embarrassing when at one point throughout last season, people were genuinely believing that he was going to break the all-time pitch record this yeah. season. So you're right. But, like, I'm not as nervous for him as, as others are. Yeah, so well, I feel like you have to look at it, too. Like, that's not his game. Like, one-on-one is not his game at all. Yeah. No, he'll like, always have help over the top. Yeah, yeah. it's not his game. He's, a, he's more of a zone We've corner. seen him get more, Yeah, We've seen him get beat. Yeah, I mean, last year there was, like, a huge thing where it was literally, like, he actually can't guard the deep ball. Like, every single touchdown he gave up was – a deep ball. Yeah. Like, they would just throw it all the way over the top, and there was no one else there. So, let's kind of stay in the struggling area. So, I can speak well to this because I'm we're in the New England market. So, um, the Patriots' offense is struggling a lot in training camp, and there's a lot of fingers being pointed everywhere. So, one of them, which I kind of heard today, I haven't really picked up on this, Cole Strange, the rookie they drafted in the first round, is having a very bad training. He's getting dominated on the bull rush, and he can't figure out the ski. So those are two things that if you're going to play guard in the NFL, you have to figure out. Okay, as a outside, you know, viewing in on this situation with no bias, 
I was told that this guy was drafted in the first round by Bill Belichick because of how smart he was. Ah, uh, yeah. So that is a big issue. It, even if that report is coming out, even if it's a rumor, that is a big issue. So here's where I go with this, him not understanding the scheme. I'm not really putting it fully on him. I'm putting it more so on the coaching that they have on the offensive lineman. Yes. And the offense, and the in, general. offense in general. I'm because glad you brought you that have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who are two... Joe Judge is a special teams guy. He's a great special teams coach. Amazing. Special That's teams why coach. he got his job Amazing. with the Giants. Matt Patricia is a defensive-minded coach, smart guy. He knows jack shit about offense. But, I mean, how many? we can reiterate this so many times, but that's not a guy who's probably going to relate to the rookies. You know, I, I know Bill Belichick, probably what we're going to see is a, is a Mike Shanahan type of offense from the early, early 2000s with the Broncos. So a lot of motion, a lot of, like, blocking schemes, like zone blocking, where it's all, like, synchronized swimming. central from us. So yeah. it's, it's going to be like, you got to relate the offensive line to synchronized swimming, where everything has to be in sync, step by step. And if these guys aren't getting coached perfectly with the technique, especially a guy who's not coming from a D1 school, he's going to be like a few steps behind. And Matt Jones is visibly frustrated with how how behind this offense is. And preseason games start tomorrow. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's kind of go big or go home. We play the Giants tomorrow. And yeah. we are also a dumpster fire, so that might our iron and, sharpens iron. And, and I mean, I know coaches hate doing this. Um. We're not going to see Mac Jones in the preseason. The reason why we're not going to see Mac Jones in the preseason is because I've done my research. Next week, conjoint practice with Las Vegas, which is probably the best thing that the Patriots could do as a conjoint yeah. practice because that's where you actually see the ones go against the ones, but the quarterback's still not going to be touched. But in a lot of these preseason games, and now that we've only gone to three, pretty much every single preseason game, you're not going to see a starting quarterback because they go in these conjoint practices. The Patriots need to take a big, big advantage, or take advantage of this situation, that the fact that Las Vegas is a good team. Las Vegas is a team where, I don't know if you guys agree with me here, but that's a team that's going to be fighting for a wild card with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like, I, I don't know if I would want to say they're on the same level, but they're competing for pretty much the same spot, the yeah. same three spots. Well, in and, terms of, like, offensive defense, like, their offense is way better than their defense. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 I mean, this is a good test for this offense because it's not a good defense, but they're pretty good, you know? And, like and, and it's a team that can be a playoff defense, a, a team that makes the playoffs, and Mac Jones is going to be able to go up against these guys, and all the ones are going to be together. The ones need to be together literally throughout the rest of camp because if this is the issue, and literally the main reason in my head why it's the issue is the fact that they don't have an offensive coordinator, like you said. And, yeah. and Bill Belichick even came in and said that he's going to be helping out a lot on offense as well. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. 
It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Well, that's three different guys. If that job goes down to one guy, then this one guy is in charge of a whole offense. Whenever anybody has a question for, for someone, they know who to go to, which is a big deal because, like you said, um, the style of offense that you want to run, that's a confusing offense. At the end of the day, with a young team, that's, I mean, if Cole Strange is going to be a starter and Mac Jones is obviously going to be QB1, that's a second-year quarterback. You have young guys at all positions, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to be running a confusing offense and you don't have a centralized guy to go to to ask questions and figure everything out. It's going to be super complicated. And, and by by week four, if I really just think that they should crown an offensive coordinator. And if they don't, I think that is going to be the main reason why the Patriots aren't as good as they should be. Yeah, and I mean, we can go kind of all day and point fingers here. But I do think that they will figure it out. I think Bill Belichick is way too smart just not to know what's going on going yeah. I think these preseason games are really going to show or really going to help Bill Belichick decide what to do, kind of what angle to take, who he's going to name as the offensive coordinator and stuff like that. Because I wouldn't be surprised if one game, Matt Patricia, the next game, Joe Judge, and then that third game is going to be the guy yeah. who's actually going to run it. It's literally going to be like uh, old fat, like this is the Seahawks quarterback battle, like, but it's for a coaching job. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it kind of pans out. And. I wanted to shine some light on the Patriots' offense specifically right now. Um, Tyquan Thornton, the rookie they drafted in the second round, is having an awesome oh, training camp. And awesome. He's, he's probably the first receiver we've had in a while who can generate separation just off of speed. And he runs a very good route. That is one thing that I thought was not really talked about when he got drafted. Everything was speed, speed, speed. But he uses his speed to run routes better than any other receiver in the Patriots' offense right now. So I think he will be a day one starter. I've been on Tyquan Thornton since Baylor. Like, I, I'm a Baylor guy for some reason. I'll tell you why I'm a Baylor guy. Um, it's the weirdest thing. But, like, since I was born, like, my family just loves Baylor because my sister's names are Bailey and Taylor. So Bay oh, and then Lerner. Never put that together. Yeah, so big Baylor family. Um, and I watch Baylor games. Like, on Saturdays, like, if, if something's on, I'm watching Baylor for some reason. But I'm not a Baylor fan. I love Tyquan Thornton. Yeah. And, and when he got drafted to the Patriots, I was like... We were together for that. Yes, I was like, this is your guy. Straight up, yeah. this is your guy. And, and he's proving everybody right because everybody believed it. And I think he's going to be amazing. Like, I actually really think that he's going to be a guy that pans out. For a team that has struggled with drafting a wide receiver in a few years, I've I've been ranking this guy very high up on the rookie receiver board. Yeah. I mean, there's really not much to say about what the Pats' struggles are now. They're pretty evident. We're, we hear it every day. And obviously, with a young team, imagine going up to your one of three offensive coordinators and getting three possible different answers. Yeah. Like, do you, you can imagine the mess that's going on exactly. there. So, like, preseason's obviously going to tell what's going on. But low-key, even though we have Mac Jones, I'm kind of excited to see Zappy. Bailey Zappy? Yeah. 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 I've, heard, it. I've heard that he's been, like, electric in training camp. Yeah. Like, he's just been slinging it. Dude, that's what he does. Yeah. I mean, he's someone that, after our draft episode, who I was talking about because, for some reason, like, I just, like, I watch Maction on yeah. Tuesday nights because, like, yeah, what else? What else? Um, and Bailey's happy. He's, I mean, electric. Yeah. He, he's he awesome. And he's 
not a guy that's going to be a starter ever, but he's he's going to be a guy that he's going to be a preseason legend. Oh yeah, preseason yeah, like legend. He'll, he'll, he'll and, and he's going to take over Hoyer at some oh, point. Yeah, I at some point, agree. and he'll be the backup for a while. Brian Hoyer just switched to quarterback coach, and then. Promoted to offensive and then promoted to offensive. So it was Steve Belichick. I, I also oh, kind of let's stay on the Patriots topic here because this is what I can speak the most about. But let's talk about the defense for a second, and specifically the secondary. Two guys that I really do want to give credit to: one, Jalen Mills, and two, Terrence Mitchell. Those two guys are balling out in training camp. Like the Patriots' corners have been. It's an awesome defense. Like. Their secondary is kind of trash. Like, I mean, yeah. their corners. Their corners are trash. Corners. I love our safeties. I, like I love our safeties. I love Kyle Dunger. And I think if Jalen Mills and Terrence Mitchell are two guys who can show up and actually play defense, like, you got Jonathan Jones who's going to come in the slot. Like, he's. Yeah. I, I trust Jonathan Jones to make some plays. Yeah. And especially to cover the smaller receivers. And then you have the rookies, like, uh, who are eventually going to step into that role with Marcus Jones and Jack Jones. Mm-hmm. But they're Jones. small, they're undersized yeah, both corners, but those are slot guys who could possibly guard a guy like Tyree Killer, Gabriel Davis, who gave us fits last year. So, I'm not... Wait, are we going Gabriel or are we going Gabe Davis? He ha- he actually brought that up. He was like, um, my marketing not... team told me um, I think they're going Gabe Davis. Yeah, they'll go... that's not what I wanted to bring up. Because remember, remember, I was remember the wild yes, card when we yes. were at your trip, and the whole time, you were just like so mad. You were just like, we're getting cooked by Gabe Davis <laughs> the whole time. And the Steve Belichick kept getting shown on the screen like every yeah. five minutes and he was just like pulling his hair out. He so, loves sticking his tongue out. So. All right, I, um, I, mis- I mistakenly said Gabe Davis. Um, I meant to say Tristan McKenzie. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Another small receiver Another, yeah. who he's off. can get guarded by a small corner. We didn't see that um, we didn't have a small corner to combat the speed of Tristan McKenzie last year. Right. Yeah, and that really exposed there. us. Um, I mean, it's just something you need in general for yeah. this defensive speed. That's why, I mean, a big hole in this defense was just the fact that you have fundamentally sound players, smart football players. You just don't have the speed. I love our defensive line. I do, too. I like the I Dietrich too. Wise. I like, I like your Barmore. I think too. Barmore is going to have an all-pro type season. I think he, this... The ceiling is really high for him. He's a big boy. He can stop a lot of gaps. Godchild just got extended. We all know what Matt Judon can do. I love Matt Judon. He just needs to do it for the entire season. And our linebackers, you got Jawan Bentley, who's a defensive tackle playing linebacker. And you have Mac Wilson, who is a guy like from Mac Cleveland. Wilson. He's a he's a sideline like guy. He's yeah. a sideline yeah. sideline yeah. guy, and that's yeah. exactly what that. we needed. Yep. So and we have Wayne Paul McMillan who's also having a really good training camp, I heard. He's another sideline to sideline guy. So this defense, if it all forms together, I like it. I love the defense. It's just the set. The, the three questions. All right, I'm gonna put it on three guys: Jawan Bentley, Terrence Mitchell, and Jalen Mills. Those are three guys who need to play well for the rest of this defense to be awesome. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. very fair. And all right, let's switch gears from the Patriots here, and we'll just kind of go wrap run by here. Run through these. Yeah. All right, Tim Patrick torn his ACL out for the year. Colton Sutton going to be wide receiver one. Him and Russell Wilson yeah. are having that connection. That's kind of a given. He was going to be wide receiver one regardless, but Tim Patrick is pretty good. Um, Broncos, fourth in the division. Next. I think the Raiders. But next, um, I'm a hater. the Bucks backup center got carted off the field today, but he just cramped up. Bucks really avoided a bullet there. They really dodged a bullet. 
Um, so that that would have been a major problem. And, and, centers went and, down. and you said backup, but their backup's actually their starter yeah. because Jansen went down as well. And Roquan Smith, all-pro linebacker from the Bears, asked for a trade. Yes. That's a guy who I was about yes. the Patriots to get. I okay. don't think that they were. Okay. You're talking about them. I didn't want to okay. That was the perfect way to announce that you requested for a trade. That was yes. the perfect way. The way that notes. he did it, the notes app was big. And, and just the explanation, he was like, I feel like I was getting disrespected with the offer yeah. they gave me. And this would be bad for um, linebackers around the league. And, and he's right. He is a very, very, very good linebacker. Yeah. A very good linebacker. And he said he got disrespected with the offers, and he's been trying to get a deal, and he's been trying to stay in Chicago. And he's looking out for his fellow linebackers. Yeah. He's looking out for big himself. Line. Big football. Game. He's looking out for the future of football. And, and I mean, if Chicago's going to disrespect you, that's already a team that isn't good, and you're trying to stay there, they're going to disrespect you. I would have been out after like a month of negotiations. Yeah. If you gave me one bad contract, I'd be like, yeah. We won like five games last year. Like, I'm Roquan Smith. Like, I'm a all pro caliber middle linebacker, and I'm a, I can do it all. And and I'm young. Give me my money. So, um, it's like a Xavier Howard situation. This is a guy that wherever he goes, Stav, he's gonna make a difference. Yeah. And I pray that he goes to a that. team that is good because he's gonna be a guy that's gonna get some recognition and deserves it on a very good team. I would say Dallas, but they just signed Anthony Barr, so they don't really have any room for him to play. I'm trying to think I mean I mean Pats are like I was gonna say the Pats are a team that They should. They should, but But I don't know if they will. Exactly Arizona's another good name. I mean just teams that like when you're lacking a middle linebacker it's very tough and like there's a lot of teams that there's not a lot of teams that are good but are lacking. See, middle the thing with middle linebacker, it's probably the the captain of the defense. It's yeah, the guy who exactly. you have to know everything. And just to be inserted into another team after training camp as a middle linebacker is a tough thing to do. Very tough. So he's a smart guy. He knows what to do. We went to he was an Ohio State guy, right? So he was dominant on that defense. He's fit into the Bears system very well. I mean, he's seen a lot of turnover, so it seems as if he's a guy who can bounce into the the uh, system, so we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm excited to see where he goes. He's gonna have an immediate impact. Yeah, you're right. And, and like I said, like I just want to see him go to a good team. But there's not a lot of good teams. I mean, we named a couple. And I like the one that you said, Will, with the Titans, um, that need a middle linebacker that are a team that is gonna compete in the playoffs. So I I really hope he goes to a contender. The last thing I need to say before our big, in my opinion, this is a big NFL. Yeah. Part um. The Seahawks, okay? I've been kind of just on, like, a sad guy, like, Seahawks run where, like, on the podcast, we just straight up, all I've been doing is making jokes about them. I haven't talked about them. Um, but a report came out that QB1, there is a leaderboard, and Geno Smith is on I top. heard that. That's um, It's good to know who you're going to be rooting for. I know. I don't know. Like, last year, it was kind of the same thing. I like when... Geno Smith. Um, shout out my roommate Jaden. He doesn't watch the podcast or listen to it, but I'll show him this part. Um, <laughs> we're big Geno Smith guys, and, and there's a specific reason why. He, I mean, he's a playoff quarterback. Yeah, he's been to the playoffs. He's been to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> he lost in the first game in the playoffs, but he played a playoff game. Okay, he was with the Jets. Jets made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It was like I think one of the last times they made the playoffs. Somebody got hurt. Gino was there for like the last three mm-hmm. weeks. Wait, like wait, his career. Yeah. Wait, all right. You guys need to carry this conversation. But anyways, when we're speaking about the Seahawks, 
Um, there's a lot of names that have been doing good. Um, no, Geno Smith didn't make the playoffs with the Jets. He must have had a different team because the last time the Jets made the playoffs, I could have swore Geno Smith was a was a playoff quarterback. This is great journalism here because am I bugging? I don't think he's ever made the postseason. Let's see on stat news. Oh my God, I guess he had. Why did I think he made the playoffs? That's a. Why did I also think he made the playoffs? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I actually could have swore. You know, I actually could have swore that made the playoffs. I mean, you guys... Are you could be totally right, but I, but, uh, no, I, I don't think what I team could he have been on? Both up 2015. No, they didn't make the playoffs. No, I know. I'm just saying, yeah, they did. Know. They did, yeah. That was the year the Patriots beat him at home. Well, it might have been him, nah, no, nah. because Philip Rivers, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't, I don't well, think he should have full year starter though in 2013. Okay, so we'll call it that. So, full year start, veteran. Um. But it, it goes back to the point, like, do I want a veteran? Do I want Drew Locke? They both stink. Um, but I just want to name a couple players that are good and that are bad, if that's cool. DK, uh, yeah. good training camp. Kobe Bryant, um, yeah. good training camp. Even though, okay, the only clip that most people have seen of him is where DK caught a pass over him. He DK. was stuck to him. It's and DK is just having a very good training camp. Um, okay, let me say two more names. Um, Rashad Penny. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker, good for me, and I have a lot of faith in him, but but people just overhype Rashad Penny, but I think Kenny Walker is going to be better, and I'm calling him Kenny even though um, he goes by Kenneth. Um, last name, um, good, Michael Dixon, our punter. All pro year. Yeah, that's yeah. all I show. I have no idea what I heard about. Was there his mixed opinions on Lockett this year? Uh, whether or not he's going to be good or whether or not he's going to – be a Seahawk. Um, I heard whether or not he's going to be good. I heard that there was like some problems. I heard mixed report. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a difficult both. spot because he's a guy that like is going to not be because of his age. That's that why they were concerned. And he's, him. he's small, but I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be he's a veteran on a bad team where it's like, oh, that's half You know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into hard knocks. Yeah, let's do it. It's hard knock season, boys. Yes, it is. And. What a first episode that was. I mean, way to start it off with like an all-time quote from Dan Campbell. I don't care if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I'll still kick your ass. What does that even mean? Is it just like <laughs> go around kicking people with one ass cheek? I mean, it's the classic kick the puppy. I mean, like the puppy, even when it's already hurt, the puppy can't do anything, but you don't care. Oh, you, kick you don't care, and neither does Jamal Williams, because he had 
probably the best okay. yeah. hype quote. Goosebumps from goosebumps. my speech. Fucking goosebumps. When he started crying, I started crying. Yeah, I, I was, I was, like, that I was, was emotional. I was crying. I was like, I want to be there. And here's, here's the quote. If you're going to be a puppy pissing down your leg, stay on the porch and let the big dogs eat. When he was talking about guys not trying. Everyone's face is like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, 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 Jamal Williams is a guy who you never really hear in the news. <laughs> yeah. He's he's so okay, he was awesome. awesome. He is awesome. awesome. I knew he was going to be great in Hard Knocks just based off the clips that you've seen he's in a post game. Yes. Um, he's a personality. He's a game where when he's mic'd up. He should be mic'd up for every single uh, preseason yeah. game. And he should be but, mic'd up at all times. The thing with him is everyone kind of viewed him as, like, from an outsider's perspective, I, I really don't follow Jamal Williams that much. I don't okay. think many people do. Yeah. Everyone kind of sees him as a goofy guy. Yeah. yeah. Like he makes a lot of jokes. But to see him He's awesome. love football and love this team so much, it's awesome. It's He's great to it. see. And He's like, I'm so ready for the next episode. Like and the last few hard knocks, I didn't really care. No. I, I didn't really like the Colts one. Yeah. Um, who was the, oh, the Rams Chargers was awful. That was last year. Awful. But I wanted to say... It's the fact, this is the perfect Hard Knocks team. It's a team that wasn't that good this year. I low-key have high hopes for them this year, or last year. I have high hopes for them this year just because of, like, how many dogs are on this team, including their head coach. The, I mean, the, the, coach the coaching staff. staff. The yeah. coaching staff is absolutely electric. I, and, it's, like, and it's names that we've seen before. Like, honestly, my favorite one was Antoine Randell L. Like, I haven't heard that name in so long. Like, I just, I, yeah, like Mark Fernell is their quarterback. Coach. Yeah. He's the lefty from the Jags. But, Mark Fernell. And then, um, the, I don't know the names of the two coaches that the offensive and defensive coach that just it was Aaron Glennon the Johnson. whole time. Yeah. And, and then, after practice, they just talk about how much they love each other and they just like beefing during um, practice because they just love the intensity. Yeah, they love football. And, and it's the perfect team because if someone says something corny or if something corny happens, which happens all the time in Hard Knocks and everybody else, and like there's no reaction, and like you're watching it as a viewer and you're like, this is weird. If someone says something corny, like Jamal Williams crying, like other people yeah. would be like this. And then like, um, Dan Campbell was talking when he had the Metallica quote, that whole speech. That there was just, they electric. kept zoning into one guy, I don't even know who it was, and he was like foaming out of the mouth, just ready to run through a wall. Everybody was, was so bad. bought it. I literally texted Griff as soon as I started watching it, I was like, Dan Campbell makes me want to run through a wall. Dan Campbell's awesome. And he's awesome. He, he even got emotional too. I don't know if you guys saw at the this beginning. Before. At the beginning, he was like, "What are we? we? Like, what do you mean? Like, what are we?" The first pad in practice because they yeah. had pads like first week, and he was like, "I just love you guys so much. I can't stop thinking about you guys yeah. every single day." And he literally was going to start crying. He's like, "Just buy in." Yeah, he's like, "I." He's like, "I." He's like, "I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think it would make us better. I think that this is going to help us tremendously. If we could go no pads and." It would, I knew it would help us. I would do that. And then got the stats. Yeah. He literally had oh, like, he the stats like, right. ready in his head. No, awesome. Coach. Awesome. Yeah. Coach. So, awesome. my favorite part about training camp in general is just getting overhyped on the Hard Knocks team. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Every, if, <laughs> if the if if I saw the Colts were like, yeah, they're like, yelling yeah. to the AFC Championship. And like, with Carson Wentz. The <laughs> Browns year. And like, we just have to remember, this is the Lions. Like, I'm bought in. I bought in. I, 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 I think like the Lions are going to be like six or seven. They're gonna, but they're going to be so young, fun, and exciting. Yep. Um, and I'm glad that we record on Wednesday nights because we're gonna we're gonna just do episode reviews. Um, after episode one, I am in love with this whole team, except for Jared Goff. 
I'm just gonna say I just don't like Jared Goff. I don't think he fits in the program. I just like we'll he's see. not a guy where it's like I want to see Jared Goff like actually run through a wall. We will see like actually his yeah, episode like my because we know that he's gonna get like an entire episode dedicated to him. Yeah, yeah. So we will see what kind of guy he is in that one. Which that's gonna be the big turning point of this. My also my other favorite I, one. I'm already like in love with the Lions now. Yeah. For literally no reason at all. How can you not? And then the second thing, I love the end scene clips that they show at the very end. And I forgot who was in that last room. And he was like, if you have to rip ass, please leave and wait. Or, you're, yeah, 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 yeah. or you're leaving the room. <laughs> or you're yeah. like, it was like, it's on my account. And if yeah. you have to take a shit, go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I was like, this is like the most outrageous thing I heard. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit. And we'll dive into the AFC and NFC East predictions. Picked by Will, you chose the yes, East for East. for this episode. So, Will, if you want to get so, how do we want to do it? Team by team, like we did last let's time. Let's go. Division down. Okay. Um. Okay. What if we? Yeah. What if we go individualized? Yeah. You go. You go through your whole set. Yeah. Winner. Talk a little bit. Yeah. 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 And then, you, and then we'll say, you have you have the absolute spotlight. We're not even gonna talk. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start. I have in order. Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets. I have the Bills going 13-4. and four. I feel like that's, like, I mean, I, I'm not going to spoil you guys, but we're all around the same for the Bills. I feel like the Pats ceiling right now is 10 wins. I feel like they're such a 10-win team. Like, can't really go. I mean, I feel like it's going to be either 9-10 wins. They could go 8. I feel like the Dolphins are going to completely flop. I really feel like two is not going to be starting by, like, week four. I really feel like there's going to be an issue there. I have them going 8-9. and nine. And then, I mean, you got to give the Jets some credit. They're going to do a little bit. I feel like they're still a young, fun team trying to figure things out. I feel like five wins is a Not exciting team. yet, though. They're just young, fun. Yes, not, not exciting. exciting. Not, not exciting. Gonna, My bad. Gonna, I'll take that back. Good, good catch. I have them around five wins. I feel like they could maybe win six, but I feel like five, six games is about what we're looking at. But I really think the Bills are going to really pack a punch this year, make their, make their presence felt around the league, and they're really going to be like, you have to fear us this year. That's very fair. And then for the pass, one last thing. That's if the offense really does get figured out. I have to keep in mind that this just is a perfect world that we're placing yes. these yes, these, yeah. these predictions in. Very true. Very true. I li- I like that. So so I'll start off. I have the Bills going fourteen and three. I do think that the Bills are the best team in the AFC. They made a lot of good additions in the offseason, including Von Miller, who's going to be a significant Ed rusher who's going to take a lot of pressure off the rest of that defensive line to actually make plays, which just makes them so much dangerous. And you got Tredavious White coming back. You have Matt Milano on her another year. I hate him, but he's, he's still there. Yeah. Kevin Byard, Jordan Foyer, like, they they have some dogs. Mm-hmm. Wait, is, he, is Kevin Byard even on that team? I don't know why. It's no, Byard's on Tennessee. Yeah. So. Now, why did I say that? Okay. Jordan Foyer is a dog. Jordan Foyer. Who's dog. the other safety? They have Poyer and they they're Poyer. number twenty three. Um, Micah Hyde, Micah Hyde. So they have two dogs at safety, and their secondary is pretty good. Their linebackers are good. Like Tre'Davious White coming off of yeah. kind of an iffy year, but well, like, he was injured. injured. Oh, he was injured. That's right. So yeah, he's yes. he's Bills number one. They're gonna be fourteen and three. This is this might be a homer pick. I have Patriots going eleven and six. I went through the schedule with Griffin, pointed out the wins and losses, and I don't think that they. Beat the Bills once this year. I think we lose both against the Dolphins. So I mean that could end up being a split, and I think we lose to the Packers. When I say we, I mean the Patriots. And that's I, fair. You're, you're and, we are we. And um, 
What was the other? I said that they're going to lose to the Colts. Yeah. So I, I think that those are their six losses. But at the same time, I don't really see any. Oh, that's a for sure win. Other than like the Bears, the Browns, maybe like there are a few teams here and there. But it like Will said, this isn't a perfect world. This is their ceiling. I think their yeah. ceiling is eleven and six. Next, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, ten and seven. Who I think th- they're not going to make the playoffs just because of how competitive the AFC is. Mm-hmm. And I think we see Teddy Bridgewater as a starter after their bye week, mm-hmm. and um, that's when they are going to start picking up their wins. So I, I think Tua's kind of done after this year, and this is a make-or-break year for Tua. They gave him the weapons. They have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, um, Mike Gusecki. They they got Raheem Bostert. They have they have a bunch of dogs at running back. They got a good offensive line. Their defense is good. If Dolphins don't make the playoffs this year, Tua's got to go. I'm just gonna say really quick to clarify. No, I said the same thing. I don't like preying on people's downfall, but like I just don't think he fits in their system. No, this year. I, I, it, I just, it's just it's just not gonna work out. No. He can play somewhere else for sure. He still is good, but like, I, don't I just don't think it works out. And then I have the Jets going five and twelve. Mackay Beckton hurting his being out for the year, fracturing his kneecap is awful. I hate to see that because he is a good player. Yeah, that that's painful. So I don't see them doing much per usual. All right, here we go. AFC East. Um, we'll start at the top here. I have the Bills going twelve and five. Um, they are a top dog. I think they're going to take either the two or the three in the AFC. Um, I, I just, it's a tough AFC this year, in my opinion. It's a very tough AFC, and I think the Bills are a team that's going to go 12-5, and five, and, and once we get to the postseason, this is a team that can um, compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, re- I really do believe that this is a team that can uh, compete for a Super Bowl. Um, they just drafted that running back who is going to split reps to begin in the season. Yes, yes, um, Dalvin Cook's brother, yeah. who's going to split reps, but I feel like he's going to be their premier back when it comes to um, those third and one, fourth and one situations, and they have receiving at all areas when it comes to wideouts. They have an awesome tight end, and in the running back that they already have, I feel bad for forgetting his name as well. But um, Singletary. Singletary, awesome receiving back. I've had him in fantasy for, I mean, the past two years. He's amazing. I, I just feel like they have a lot of um, ability to expand their offense in ways that Josh Allen can really get out there and have that run game work for him and open up a whole new area to a pass game. Mm-hmm. Um, in 12-5, and five, it's lower than what you guys had. Still a very good record. I still really think that they can compete for a Super Bowl. At number two, I have the Patriots as well. Um, unbiased because I'm not a Patriots fan and I don't hate the Patriots either. 10-7. Um, they are such a 10-7 team. They're a team that is going to go 10-7. That could potentially get into the seventh spot at that wild card, but they're going to be battling against teams like the Dolphins, like the Raiders, like the Chargers, the Broncos. A lot of these wild card teams are going to be kind of floating around there, and I think that there might be a team that's ten and seven that makes that final wild card spot. And I think that there's going to be one or two more teams that's also ten and seven and doesn't make a wild card spot, and they find their way out because of a tiebreaker. Um, the Dolphins. We're all low on them. Um, I'm in the middle of the two of you guys. I have them going 9-8. and eight. The difference is, though, I think we see Tua for the whole year. Um, I, I think he's going to be mediocre to the point where they're waiting for him to do something for the whole year. He doesn't do it. They go 9-8. and eight, They miss out on the playoffs, and then he's gonna done in the offseason. Yeah. And then they still have that whole roster. They make a move for a quarterback, and that could result in them losing a couple pieces, a couple draft picks as well. And they're going to be pretty dang good next year. The Jets, young, fun, not exciting. Five and twelve. 
Um, Zach Wilson's going to have those games where he throws for 400, 450 yards, for uh, four touchdowns, five interceptions, you know, and it's going to be one of those games where that they go out and they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. So do you want to you want to go back in the same order we did for the AFC East, yeah. or do you want to keep it going? We kind of do like a snake here. Um. No, let's go back. Right. I kind of like the boom, boom, boom. Yeah. All right, we'll go with your NFC East predictions. All right, so we know obviously winner, loser. We're going to start off. I have Eagles winning the division, Cowboys, then the Commanders, then the Giants. Start off with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are just a fun young team. They're just electric all around. I really think they're going to be able to do something this year. Obviously, this division isn't a very strong division. I have them going 11-6. and six. I really think that offense has something to show us this year. Um, next, I have the Cowboys going 10-7. and seven. Their offense is a little bit iffy, in my opinion. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not a huge fan of letting them go, letting them uh, let Amari Cooper walk. Where they traded him, right? They traded him. They traded him. Same. I mean, basically. It's a third round pick. Yeah, basically letting him walk at that point. Their, de- six. their defense is a little bit put together. I like that. I like their defense a lot. They they need that defense to carry them a lot, but I just don't like. Pretty much. I mean, obviously Zeke and Tony Pollard are their backs. Tony Pollard will probably end up with more reps. By the end of the season, that's usually how it is. Yeah. But if Zeke has a good year, so. deservingly so, but if Zeke has a good year, I just don't see CD carrying their offense that much, and they play a lot of tough matchups this year, which could result in kind of having a little bit of an iffy year. Um, then I have the Commanders at 6-11. and 11. I mean, they're a team that can really do kind of anything. They could float within the realm of a couple more wins then or a couple mm-hmm. more losses. They're kind of just one of those teams that can – just yeah. come out of the blue and surprise you. Like, they so, are, when you think of the NFC East, I think of the Commanders. Like, just like, like not the Commanders in general, just the team that they have this year. Like that's such an NFC East team. Yeah, like they have a team that can really do anything. It's really how much effort they put into the season. And on, and in my opinion, the Giants are kind of a lost cause this year. They, I mean, obviously Saquon coming back off of an injury. They don't really know how he's going to play. They're, I mean, Kadarius Tony is, I believe, their wide receiver one. Kenny Galladay is wide receiver two, which is kind of weird to look at that way. And then obviously having Danny Dimes on that offense, it, it's they're just an iffy team. This is, there's a lot of iffy teams in this division. It really could be anyone. I really feel like this is another one of those common years where we could see a really weird tie going in halfway through the season. And then there's going to be like, there's going to be like, it's probably going to be everyone's tied halfway through the season. The Cowboys and the Eagles are going to emerge up and the commanders are going to sneak in and probably steal something from either one of those two teams. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I we're pretty much in the same boat here with our predictions, but I have the Cowboys and the Eagles both finishing at 10 and seven, but I think the I Cowboys get the tiebreaker from whatever the tiebreaker is. I think it's points scored after record, right? Or something along those lines. It's or like division game. record. It's division, it's division record. record. So I think that the Cowboys have a better division record than the Eagles, even though they both are 10-7. Then I have the Commanders going 6-10, and 10, and I have the Giants going 3-14. and 14. I think that I'll go my from the bottom up. I think the Giants are a lost cause. They are not clicking at all in training camp. They are fighting every day. Their offensive line is trash. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. He could have a decent year. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is probably a premier back in the league when fully healthy. But what, how good is a premier back with no offensive line? Their their passing attack isn't really there. I mean, I like Kadarius Tony. Kenny Galladay has some upside, but he really had an awful year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they traded away. Or no, they didn't trade. Who's the receiver that wanted out last year? Um, There was Galladay. I mean, none of them scored touchdowns. 
Yeah, more than one score touchdowns. Well, Danny Dimes carried didn't the Giants trade because he ran? He's good at the Giants drafted the Giants drafted Wandale Robinson, who is literally Kadarius Tony. Is he the guy from Kentucky? Yes, fast. But why did Kadarius Tony is nasty though? Like he's good, awesome. Why did I, I have high hopes for them? I'll get into yeah. it in a minute. But why I do I think well, the Giants traded I'm away? Maybe the worst person I'll play. Oh, I just like the Giants. Okay, yeah, so I'll, I'll get back to that. And then the commanders, you have Carson Wentz. He's good to get randomly two wins. I mean, Antonio Gibson keeps falling down in the running back tree. Chase, Chase Young returning off of an injury. That defense is pretty good. They're yeah. young, but coming They're off young. Injury. Not fun, not exciting. Yeah. Ron Bear is a good coach, but yes, they're both. Uh, commanders just fired their defensive line coach, but right now it's a bad time to do it right before preseason, so that could have some Im- negative impact. Now, I want to talk about the two division winners, like the teams that are really going to be competing for a playoff spot here. I got the Eagles and the Cowboys, like I said before. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts in year two as a starter. Devonta Smith, year two. Uh, you get A.J. Brown, who's a stud. You have Miles Sanders in that backfield. You got Dallas Goddard. You got, you got some dogs on offense. And I like the Eagles, what they're doing. And they got a, they have a pretty good defense too, so they're up there. I mean, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. You got Dak Prescott, who I think is a top ten quarterback in the league. Uh, C.D. Lamb, who's emerging to be a top ten wide receiver in the league, if not already. And then you got a two headed monster with Zeke and Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard's a better back, but he mm-hmm. won't. He won't. That won't be said because Zeke's making a lot more money. Mm-hmm. But Michael Gallup's going to come back from injury, and Dalton Schultz is going to. Step into that tight end one role yes. better than awesome. most people expect. So awesome. that's they they have a good offensive line, and I think yeah the Cowboys still are top five offensive line regardless of whoever they lost. So and their defense is still good. They got Anthony Barr as we mentioned before. Micah Parsons is a stud. Trayvon Diggs, although he has his problems, is a ball hawk. He can get turnovers. Mm-hmm. You just have to surround him with better pieces. So that kind of breaks down my NFC East here. I have the Cowboys finishing first, then. If I'm going to sum it up again. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Giants. Very fair. Very fair. All right. Um, to wrap it up in the NFC East, um, a little bit different than you guys, actually. Um, like you, Stav, I have the Cowboys finishing first. I have them at 11-6. and six. This is the premier team to be so good in the regular season, and I really don't think that they're going to put it together at all this year, but I think they're going to go 11-6. and six. I looked at their schedule, and – I just had them winning games that they should win, losing games that they should lose, and, and then kind of slipping up like the Cowboys do, right? Like a, a prime example is when they go and play Indiana or Indianapolis at Jerry's World. That's a game that you could slip up on because they're riding on the highest of highs. I have them beating Minnesota years ago. Thank you. I have them beating Minnesota, beating New York. Then they go out, they play Indianapolis, and they're riding on the highest of highs, and they see that they have Houston. Jacksonville, and then they play in Jerry's World, Philly, right? You got to lose at some point in there, you know. So straight up, I have them going eleven and six. I think they're such a good regular season team. I think Dak's going to have a good year. I think that Tony Pollard's going to have a good year. And, and the big thing that we've all been asking about is their wide receiver room. The thing is, I think that they have such good players at other positions, including tight end with Dalton Schultz, and I even like Jake Ferguson and Sean McEwen, who's a local guy, actually. I feel like they have depth at other positions, and they have a pretty decent um, defense as well to the point where they're going to be good in this division just because this division isn't that good. The Eagles, I have them second in this division going 9-8, and eight, close to 10-7 and seven like you guys have. Um, it's just the fact that I'm not bought in with the Eagles. I don't know what it is about the Eagles. I just really have never been bought in. I don't know if it's 
A.J. Brown. I, just having him at wide receiver one, I think, is awesome. Um, having Rager is awesome. That defense scares me at times. And, and I mean, having Hurts at quarterback, it's like so good in fantasy, so good running. It's like this is the big test for Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I think this is a year that he can make the playoffs, that he could even potentially win this division. Um, and, and this would be a big statement year for him. Now, the Commanders and the Giants I have tying at 7-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I have the Commanders at 7-10 and 10 is when you think of Carson Wentz, when I think of Carson Wentz, I think of 7-10, and 10, I think of 6-10. Oh, 10. hold on. Before oh, – I wish I – I might have the, I might have the Eagles finishing over the Cowboys now. I forgot about Jordan Davis. Yeah. I forgot about Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean. I forgot about Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. Those are three game records. Yeah, I am so say gonna put. I think they still finish ten and seven, but I think that the, that, that they have. Yeah. The I was gonna say like back off of his. I was like they are one of those teams that are always shaky. They kind of start off either good or bad, and they kind of put it together, and then they kind of flow in this like very weird yeah. valley where they're yeah, like, that's exactly where, like you don't want to see them on a Sunday, but also you could catch them on a. But they can be any team. They just don't. Exactly. exactly. They just don't, straight up. And, and to finish off um, my NFC East, like I said, the commander is 7 and 10. Thinking of Carson Wentz at this point in his career, that's the perfect area for him to be in with, with this team, Riverboat Ron. They're going to they're gonna beat some teams, and it's going to be like, oh, the commanders. And then they're going to lose a lot of games. Now, the Giants, Stop. you have them at 3 and 14. Will, you have them at 5 and 12. You may be asking why I have them at 7 and 10. Yeah, I am. This is going to be... <laughs> Daniel Jones' best year in the league. You think it's going to be one of those prediction. years? That's you, a fair. You know, I like that one. Thank you. you it's going to be his best year in the league. It's going to be seven and ten, and he's going to be out of here in three years. Do you th- uh, do you think that he's going to have a really good year, and then a team's going to overpay to trade for him? No, I think he's just well, because like, seven and ten is a really good. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I think he's going to be like, oh, this is their starting quarterback, but then he's going to be a starting quarterback for a few more years. I can see the Browns trading for him to fill the Sean Watson. Halfway through the year? He would actually... That could happen. I think last that year we have been on record saying Daniel Jones would be a very good quarterback. Yeah, we'll remember this. You're, you should remember I will remember it. And I also said that Daniel Vogelback is going to hit a walk-off home run in game two of the NLDS in this episode. I just whispered it under my breath. No one heard it. But that's there, too. I want to reiterate that point. In what game of the MLB is? Game two? Yes. Okay. All right. So, we have To finish off my Giants, um, this is, like, going to be the best year that they have within the next five or six. And I think seven and ten is just where it is, and and they're still going to be a dumpster fire. Um, And you're right, their O-line stinks. Their defense isn't great either. 
But it's like it's just one of those teams where it's like they're going to go seven and ten, and the Giants are going to be like, oh wow, like seven and ten. Daniel Jones had a pretty good year. Um, he led all quarterbacks in rushing, and he threw for a good amount. And those wide receivers, the fact that they didn't have a good year last year, and I'm thinking of Kenny Galladay specifically, and I'm also thinking of the tight end's name. I'm so bad with names today. Um, Evan Ingram last year. Evan Ingram. He's gone. He's in Jacksonville. Oh. Oh, you know what? So I'm, no, I'm wrong. Who's their tight end now? If we know. No, I, know. I have no idea. Uh, well, I was kind of thinking of Evan Ingram being their tight end one. But anyways, I really do I think, think that the season. fact that they just didn't have a good year in the past attack last year, you can't do that two years in a row. No. Daniel Bell, no, he's actually not bad. And Ricky Seals-Jones isn't bad either. I don't mind Ricky Seals-Jones. He's actually not bad. They'll score two touchdowns. This is a rookie, Will. Yeah. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, they'll... Ricky Seals-Jones will score two touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're not going to have as bad as a year as they did last year. Seven and ten. Seven and ten. So, is that the cue to move on to... That is the five to Top five, five and wrap up this perfect episode. Indubitably. All right, so how are we... What are we doing here... Um, I've been the middle pick the last couple times. All right, so you'll go. You want, you will one. I'll lead off. Yeah. Um, you want to just go like this? Yeah, we'll go this. We'll, we'll go, go this one. We'll go this. Okay. All right. Um, our it five top five for this episode is it five top five NFL games, excluding Super Bowls. Yeah. So anything regular season through championship round. Thank you. All right. Um, I think I have to start off with this one. Um, I know we talked about this one earlier, just to, but I love this game so much. 2014 Edelman's trick play against the Ravens. In, in the uh, divisional? In the, in the divisional. That was just probably one of my favorite moments. I'm, watch, I'm watching Stav um, cross that off. That was his <laughs> top game. Yeah, that was no. on my list as well. I have screenshots. Yeah, no, that I just like. There's literally that, just that play specifically is just like. No, I, I was like, that so play, I remember exactly where I was for that. Me play. too. I remember yeah. exactly where, and I'm not a Patriots. And I literally, all I can remember is just like being just in literal shock. I'm like, wow, we're in this game again. Yeah. So that's okay. my first pick. Okay, my first pick, super biased, 2013 NFC Championship, Seahawks 49ers, specific moment. The game-winning uh, tip by Richard Sherman that ended up in the hands of uh, Bam Bam. I mean, just an iconic moment, an iconic Richard Sherman moment where after the game he went up to Michael Crabtree and tried to shake his hand. Yeah. I literally, in high school, freshman and sophomore year, and this was a few years after, this was like 2016, 2017, my phone case was a picture, like a live picture of Richard Sherman like doing the tip on the Apple logo. That's pretty cool. So so that that has to be my round one. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. You know who got me that for Christmas? Thank you. Um, my first pick. It will be kind of more of become. an emotionally driven pick. So I'm going the 2017 AFC Championship Patriots versus Jaguars. So that game. Before the game, my dad called me. Oh, the AFC Championship? Yeah. Sorry, and, he, and he was like, <laughs> my dad was like, if the Patriots win, we are actually going to the Super Bowl. So oh, okay, that's fair. That's all fair. game, I was just freaking out. When D, when Dion Lewis, when that Miles Jack play happened, when Dion Lewis fumbled, I unfollowed Dion Lewis on Instagram. <laughs> I was pissed. That's, fair. that's how mad I was. Can I add, by the way, you're right. Another reason why I picked the 2013 NFC Championship game was because I was also 
I already had the Super Bowl tickets. Yeah. I was waiting for the Seahawks to, to punch their tickets. So it's one of those, exactly, that's yeah. kind of the yeah. same thing. It's an emotional and I, I'll, I'll just remember because I went with Nick Stamoulis, and he called me right after that game. We were fired up. My dad came home, got the t- it was It was just a great time. That was a great week. Although the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. Great experience. And then for my first pick in the second great round, game, huh? oh, that was an awesome. Game. Yeah. Besides the fact of my emotional attachment, maybe I should talk about the game a little bit. Patriots came back in <laughs> that game. Tom Brady led the game-winning drive, touchdown to Danny Amendola in the back corner of the end. Is that Blake Bortles? Yes. I was at that. And game. Stephon Gilmore knocking down a fourth-down play intended for. Um, I don't even know who it was. I don't think it was Allen Robbins. No, that play was ridiculous. Though that play was nuts. That uh, was Alan Robinson ever on the Jets? Yes, he was. He was. He was. That it wasn't a. I forgot who it was too. But Stephon Gilmore made an amazing play. That play gives me chills every time. Yeah, it was just a, it was just an awesome play, awesome game. Good pick. And then first pick, second round. I'm gonna switch it up from the Patriots because we might have a few of those games. I w- I'll I'll put it up right now. We got two Pats fans here. I will not pick the Patriots game. Okay. So I'm still sticking with my statement. I'm gonna go Rams versus Chiefs, 2018 Monday Night Football final score was that 50. Yeah, yeah, I had that. That was my next pick. That was my next pick. That was such a good game, and that was kind of like Patrick Mahomes is like everyone's like, holy shit, this guy's gonna be here, and he's gonna be here for a while. Yeah. Yes, definitely. That I mean, that game was nuts. Yeah. From start to finish, just. Whatever team had the ball, you're like, are they going to score in two and minutes? There were so minutes. many defensive touchdowns in that game, yeah. too. Yeah. It was just it was awesome. That, such a high-scoring game, but you're right. The fact was, it was a high-scoring game where you saw offense and defense, and you got the points. Yeah. And, and it was Monday Night Football, so it was the only thing you were watching. It was perfect. Want to know a fun fact about this game, too? Another reason why I picked it. I won my fantasy matchup that week because Jared Goff took a knee, and I won by point zero one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Jerry Goff. You're I have Jerry Goff. You're up. My next pick, I have it right here. My next pick, um, we are going to go with, I was actually, like I said, I was going to go with um, that Monday night football game, but I'm going to go a little bit of recency bias, and it's not because of the game in total. It was just the fact that this was last year, week 17, Chargers, Raiders. That is such get, a good pick. <laughs> yeah. To get the final wild card spot, and we were like, "Wait, if they both tie, they're gonna get it." And the Chargers were like, "Wait, the Chargers go the tie." Yeah. It was and the Raiders were like, and, and then at one point, the Chargers like they called the timeout. They called the timeout, and they're like, "Oh, they're gonna win it." And they got way too analytically with it, and the Raiders went down. They scored. They got the playoff spot. I I just think that was like the the most analytical mishap that we have seen in NFL history. That. It was the prisoner's dilemma where it's like the first person to fold, then everyone's guilty, then you just the yeah. plan's off. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I had to go with it. Good game, William. Um, Thank you, Will. I'm gonna go 2012 Ravens Broncos double overtime game. Demarius Thomas Demarius touchdown Thomas, catch. Yeah. Shout out Demarius Thomas. No, wait, well, that wasn't the. That was him. That was Demarius Thomas. Wait, what game did you say? The Tim Tebow. No, that's a different year. Oh. Wait, what game are you talking about? 2012. Who was the Broncos? The Ravens won that game. Justin Tucker field goal. They won the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that game was crazy. That, that's what I think. Said Demarius Thomas. Well, I said shout out to Marius Thomas because he made that crazy play that forced it into overtime. No, that was Jacoby Jones. No, it wasn't. The Hail Mary from Flacco. There was also another play where Marius Thomas cut across the field. That was Tim Tebow to Steelers. 
That was Tim Tebow. That was the Steelers game? That was the yes. Steelers, yeah. Oh, then, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> I hate to be that guy. Well, no, I thought you were talking about the Tim Tebow game. Yeah, I thought. Well, I, okay, well. The Tim Tebow game was a good pick. Yeah. Well, okay, well, then I'll just make it the Tim Tebow game because that game's also on my yes. list. Yes. And then I'll just, those are my two picks, I guess. Okay. 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 Great picks. Those Great picks. No, those, you combined them. Yeah. Both I of those games were very good. Yes. Okay, um, I actually have a lot of Seahawks games on here because we're such a good, we're such a fun team in the regular season. Um, one that I was thinking of, but I'm not going to take, I can't wait to put it up there. I'm looking at it right now. I can't wait to put it on honorable mention. I have a few Pats games. I've, I've been debating. I'm sorry. I've been debating, and then Will got me confused, rightfully so. We're going to go... Another last year game, um, a memorable game, the divisional between the Bills yeah, and yeah, the Chiefs, like, the overtime game where everybody was mad that Josh Allen didn't get a second chance, mm-hmm. or didn't get a chance in general, not yeah. even a second chance. He didn't have a second. Didn't get a chance in general, and the Chiefs went on to win that game. So I'm, I'm straight yeah. up. There's not. I mean, everybody remembers that game as last year. Yeah. So, all right, here's a game that many people probably won't remember. The 2014, no, I'm sorry, the 2015 Packers versus Cardinals NFC Divisional win. This was the game where Aaron Rodgers threw two Hail Mary plays, basically. Oh, oh, oh and the guy from St. John's caught one of them, right? No, no that was against the Lions. Lions. But this, Jeff Janis was the guy. So <laughs> it was bad, man. <laughs> it was fourth and 25, <laughs> and the Packers were backed up on their own five. Rodgers threw a 60-yard pass. To this guy, was it? Was it Jeff Janis? I don't. I just remember the years get so complicated. Yeah, it was Jeff Janis. Yes, and here's the picture. So he catches a 50-yard pass from Rodgers on fourth and 25 over Patrick Peterson, and then a hail mary. Rodgers threw one to Jeff Janis, ties the game, right? But then uh, Carson Palmer, first player overtime. Rolls out to his right, throws it all the way across the field to Larry Fitzgerald, who cuts through and goes like 85 yards to the one yard line. And then yeah, Carson Palmer finished nice. off the game with a shovel pass mm-hmm. to Larry Fitzgerald for the touchdown. That game was absolutely that nuts. Crazy. And I, I just remember it because the Patriots beat the Chiefs before that game. I just mm-hmm. remember watching that one on the way home from that game. And it was just like sick. That was such a good game. And like, it's it, it just like everyone thought the Cardinals were going to make the Super Bowl that year and then they got smoked by the Panthers. That's a good pick. Easy to game. So that was my first pick. Yes. And that's no, that was my. Wait, hold on. Where? Okay, so now we're on the fourth. You have another pick. Yeah, I got another pick. You have another pick. You have four, four, and then I have four, and then he has four, five, and then I have five. Yeah. So this is my first pick of the fourth round. That's okay. The snake. Yeah, snake. I I remember that I have back-to-back picks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep away from the Patriots just because I'll just say all of them in the honorable mention one. Yeah. But I'm going to go Saints versus Vikings 2017 NFC Divisional Round. The Minnesota Miracle. Yes, yes, I mean, yes, yes. Drew Brees to Alvin Kamara ties, or gives them the lead with like 35 seconds left. I remember where I was for this game. Everyone thought that it was just going to be either a field goal or whatever. The first ever NFL playoff game that ended in a walk-off touchdown. Dick throwing his helmet into the crowd. Like, just... The oh, the, 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 it, he scored 
he showed no emotion. Yeah. He just threw it up in, yeah. in, in there with his skull. It was, that was, that was awesome. It was awesome. And I'll just remember awesome. that Thomas Morstead, the punter on the Saints, was so injured. And because of whatever, the, the Vikings still had to kick a PAT. I don't know why, but Thomas Morstead was on the, the, the block for that because no one wanted to go out on the field. He was like the only guy yes. on the field for the Saints. Yes. Like, it's a very random memory. And then that was when Diggs started crying. At, oh, it was just, this is a great game. Awesome. Awesome game. Everyone thought the Vikings were going to the Super Bowl, and then the Eagles come. Okay. Um, another game because of literally one moment that happened. Um, 2016, um, well, 2015-2016 season, divisional Seahawks, Vikings, Blair Walsh, wide left. 26-yard field goal, wide left. I don't know if you guys remember that game, but... I mean, it was a chip shot field goal, and it was when the when um like two degree the negative. Well, well, what was the name of the Viking Stadium that collapsed? It was the dome. Yeah, it was a, it, was a, it was a dome, and it collapsed because of uh because of snow, and they had to play at the University of Minnesota, yeah. and the field was just awful. Mm-hmm. And Blair Walsh missed a chip shot field goal to go to the championship game, and, and I mean, I literally I remember there was a snowstorm here. And when we have snowstorms and the power goes out, we used to, like, sleep in the living room and we, like, would bring a mattress down because we have a pellet snow. So, like, mm-hmm. that that was the warmest room. So I had the mattress on the ground, and I'm, like, a freshman in high school. But, like, I'm sleeping down there because I want to stay warm. And um, <sighs> misses it wide left. I'm jumping all over the place. I trip over the coffee table and just, like, land right on the mattress perfectly. And I like I was like oh my god I almost died but like I just was still I got right back up and started running around my whole house I was like we're going to championship and then we're going to win the championship but then we ended up losing the championship and uh, didn't make it to the Super Bowl that year that was our last chance of going to the Super Bowl as well but that game will will live in my heart forever as one of the best moments of my life because you don't expect him to miss a twenty six yard field goal no it's mm-hmm. literally one of these it's like goals. Billy Pundit missing that. The field on twenty two. It's from the sixteen yard line. Yeah, that's even worse. Yeah. That's where it's from. But like, uh, yeah. All right. Well, you're up. It's quick. All right. So I'm gonna go more recent. Um, literally last year, Bengals Chiefs, just all time classic game. Yep. We saw that game was just the AFC Championship. AFC Championship game. Like yep. that, I, I don't think I'll ever forget because nobody was, was ready for for um since he didn't win. No one was ready for since he didn't win. It was also exactly. the year that since he right. won their first playoff game since the text message was a thing. Yes. I don't even know what year that was. We sent the first text. We sent the, We actually did. We were the first text. We were the first yeah. text that they won. No, we were, no, we were the first text ever. Yes. Yeah. And then to close it up, I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go Patch Chiefs. I think 2018-2019. Gronk's diving catch. That the AFC Championship, the AFC championship yeah. game. Which I believe that was our last Super Bowl win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. I'm sorry. I, you know what? At the beginning, I didn't have a lot of Seahawks picks. But now realizing, I think I picked four Seahawks games. But, like, I just want to say it's preseason and I'm watching so many clips. And the only reason I'm seeing Seahawks clips is because I follow all like, the fan accounts and stuff. So, like, I'm sad. Right? So, I, like, I'm reminiscing. Um 2014, I know that the that we ended up losing in the Super Bowl, obviously, I get it. But 2014, the NFC Championship, where we beat them, where, where Seattle beat Green Bay 28-22 to in overtime. Mm-hmm. We were down 16-0 at halftime. We ended up 
going up 19-16 to 16 off of a John Ryan fake field goal touchdown pass. Green Bay came back, hit a field goal. We won it in overtime. When you win an NFC championship game, or when you take a lead late in a game because of a fake field goal, touchdown pass, that's electric. And John Ryan, Gary Gilliam. John Ryan, not only was he amazing at holding and, and like the fake holds, but just an amazing person when it came to throwing the ball. Yeah. Canadian as well, may I add. Um, a lot of fake punts where he'd run, where he'd throw. I remember a memorable one was against the Rams a while ago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to take four Seahawks games. You guys got to give me, cut me some slack. Yeah. We do, I need some happiness. So I'm going to randomly pick four Packers games here, I think. I'm going the Packers game. have a lot of good days. I'm going another Packers game here. Actually, I think that's only two. This my I, have, I have a Packers game. So I have one. I'm going the Cowboys versus Packers 2014 Divisional Round, mm. the game before the yes. one you just talked the about. Game. The Aaron Rodgers throw onto the sideline to, oh my God, Jared Cook, right? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, tight end. And, and that was just a great game. That was Zeke's rookie. That was Zeke and Dak. Zeke and Dak, yes. year. Yeah, it was. That, they were nasty. And, and everybody was like, are they going to win the Super Bowl? They're rookie. Yeah. Are they going to be like, are the Cowboys like going to be amazing for the next Des Bryant, Jason Witten were on that team. Um, it was just an awesome. Game. Was that, that was no, catch game. no, that was that was, a, that was a year before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's another good game for honorable mention. Does caught it? Yeah. But did Des catch it? Yeah, he totally caught it. Oh yeah, he totally caught it. Um, but yeah, that was a great game. That ended in a last-second field goal by the Packers after the Cowboys came back a little bit, but they couldn't pull it off. I like that. I like that pick. I like that pick. That was a good year. Honestly, I want to say 2012. Through 2015, playoff games where oh, every dude. single game was like, oh my god, must watch. Oh my god, it was amazing. Um, honorable mentions. Um, oh wow, Patriots versus Broncos 2013 Sunday Night Football. Patriots come back from 24 to three at halftime. Mm, yeah. Um, the Julian Edelman game, he scored two touchdowns, yeah. one on the sideline off of an out route 10 yards where he broke a tackle and dove into the end zone. Gronk had a touchdown in that game, and Brady was fired up and hit his head against Gronk like 10 times. Yes, yes. And the muff punt, which led the Patriots to kick a field goal with like basically no time left in overtime. Um, you guys are going to hate me. 2018 Miracle in Miami. Um, no, I didn't actually watch that game. You didn't? I was at a boys basketball game. Oh, yeah. Week 16, um, I want to say it was Kenyon Drake off yep. of like a few laterals, got past Gronk. Just a great moment um, because, like, I mean, the Pats were, like, going into the postseason. It was like we were still running our starters to try to get that one seed and, and heartbreak. I mean, it was heartbreak, and then, I mean, they went on to do their thing in the postseason. But 2018, whenever you put a miracle upon a game, and I guess we'll throw you said Minneapolis, um, Music City, Miracle yeah. as well, just – a lot of these games that we think of are just based off of moments, rightfully yeah. so. And I like how we all picked games that we watched. Yes. Like, yeah. I was thinking, when we were going through making this list, I was hesitant to pick games that I didn't really watch just because I didn't really have any attachment. Didn't have anything to say about it. Yeah. yeah. Say, there was one game, even though it's like not like an all-time like great game, but one game I just loved because obviously one of the Cam Newton fan was when they won the NFC Championship. They like completely shit on the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. It was like forty-nine. Yeah. It was like forty-nine or whatever. But they were just Cam electric was awesome. the whole game. Was awesome. Ed Ginn was nasty that game. Yeah. yeah he was like two ninety-yard touchdown, and another. Sick game that I feel like nobody really talks about is 
the um the Browns. That's not wasn't a sick game, I guess. I, I want to the Browns Steelers game. Yes, I was gonna like the, the Browns, Browns first playoff win. Yeah, like the that Browns was a cool game that year. Yeah, but yeah. Like yeah. that game yeah, was just yeah, like, yeah. That, that yeah, we were watching that game. That game completely like just like went like the yeah. opposite way everyone thought, and the Browns just and went the Browns just won it. And, and Stefanski had COVID. Yes, yeah. And we were like, oh, there's no chance they win. Yeah. They went out and they won. That's fact. Um, there's another one I can't. The the only reason I didn't do it, I literally had the clip of what happened. Um, I'll show you guys after we record. Sometime in 2017, or actually, I don't think it was even 2017. This was the year that color rush. Was created the Russ, mm-hmm. Russ running yeah. all over the place, finding yeah, that ball when yeah. the corner was just was there and then just didn't try at all. Dub just ran it right in for like a sixty-five or fifty-five yard touchdown. That moment, I mean, was one of the greatest moments in Seahawks regular season history. So I, I, I what about Rams Saints NFC Championship? I, well, I wanted to throw that one. But um, Stav, by the way, um, welcome into your first. Like beginning of season oh. of inside the five. I, so I just want to uh, reinstate this thing that we are a pro stripes podcast. Yeah, no, I I'm with that every I mean, single week at the during the episode when we do our lock of the week, we do say we are rooting for the stripes. Oh yeah, I mean I I'm totally with that. I don't think there have been a few times where I've complained about refereeing calls, but I'm not gonna bring that. that but 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 that is life. That's life. And, and one thing that I wanted to say is there's three teams during a football game. There's Team A, Team B, and there's the Stripes. Yeah. It's part of the game. That's why this game is amazing. We all love something to complain about. Mm-hmm. And, and when they make great calls, nobody talks about them. So that's why on this podcast, when we see great calls, we do bring them up. We do. And Pro Stripes podcast. We're rooting for the Stripes every week. By the time this episode drops... Preseason's going to be kicked off, boys. Yeah. Like, a fit, yes. I mean, yeah, we have the Hall of Fame game, but... Hall of Fame game doesn't count. Officially I did watch it at work, though. Yeah, I watched it. So, Griff, I'm lobbing it up to you. Let's say, before we finish, I'm still lobbing it up to you. Division for next week. Oh, that's my pick. Oh. We're going west. Is it? Oh. We're, we're definitely going west. Because I was thinking about the south, just so we could close out with the west, because the west is the best division. But at the same time, I didn't want to pick because of that bad division. Yeah, I mean, the South and is really fun, and, and it's like, the thing is, like, we're going to be going into week three. Yeah. So it's like, we're going to get a good taste. I want to have the West in there before we get, like, a great taste of it, because um, you're right. I can't wait to bolt up for the first time. Yeah. 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 That's the first time we've said this on this podcast. I'm, like, excited. I mentioned the guy before the episode. I'm not going to say it here, but I'm excited for one NFC West. So, Griff, back up to you. Geno Smith. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about the West of the AFC as well as the NFC. Two very exciting divisions. Make sure you guys are tuned in for that. As always, we hope you guys enjoyed. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. We will see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.